0: Thank you to our sponsor of the month true voice lessons hi everyone welcome back to another incredible episode of my feminine heart i am so honored to be joined by gabrielle claiborne she is this beautiful spirit she's our sister of the month a trans advocate who lives in the south and has just transformed her life. Her journey is absolutely amazing. She has written a book. She has started a company with her advocacy and her bestie, Changing the World, and has even spoken at TEDx. So truly honored to have her here with us today. Gabrielle, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you so much, Cass. It's such, I'm so excited about being here today and having this conversation with you.
0: Oh, it is my pleasure. And, you know, I know we have so many friends in common. I don't know how we haven't met before now. Um, but
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> and I love that we both have, you know, as we were just saying, the heart connection between what we believe in and what we are putting out into the world.
1: Yes. Yeah. So,
0: um, Gaddy, I'm just gonna start right from the beginning. Tell us about yourself and your life growing up and you know how you came to be the incredible, world-changing trans advocate that you are.
1: Thank you, thank you. Well, my journey began at a very young age, like many trans individuals journey begins. At the age of nine, the little boy that I was being raised as, I began having this unusual desire to dress in women's clothes. When no one, no one was home, I would secretly slip into my mom's closet and I would try her her clothes. For some reason, I felt at peace when I did this, but for the life of me, I couldn't understand why. I also didn't understand why I didn't want to just play Barbies, I wanted to be Barbie. And now I am. Now, because I grew up in a very conservative environment, my daddy is a Pentecostal preacher. And because this was long before the days of the internet, just how long, I don't care to disclose to you today, I lived the next 35 years of my life in a place of constant unrest, burdened by fear and confusion. In public, I learned to mask my feminine desires by being a good student, a talented athlete, a popular guy. After graduating from Emory University and then pursuing a civil engineering degree from Georgia Tech, I then married a beautiful woman and we had three amazing and talented children. I had a very successful career, owning multiple businesses in the construction industry and a very nice six-figure income. To top it all off, I was a leader in a large, prestigious Atlanta church. By all outward appearances, I had it all. But in reality, I was living a life of turmoil because of this internal gender dilemma, which I still had no words to describe. But when I was 45 years old, I accidentally stumbled across a website showing pictures of trans women. This was the first time that I'd seen anything like this. And immediately when I saw these images, I thought, that's me. So I spent the next few years living between the exhilaration of knowing that's me and the despair of thinking I could never live my life as a woman. What would God think? What would my family think? But after five years of living in this intense turmoil, I finally decided to get help. It was then in my online research, I found a woman by the name of Ramona who actually made a living dressing biological males as women. Now, this just goes to show you that you can find anything on the internet if you're looking for it. Well, I finally must the courage to make an appointment with her. And on the day of the appointment, as I'm driving to her home, I was just a hot mess. But as soon as Ramona greeted me at the door and ushered me upstairs, her dressing salon, I thought I had died and gone to heaven. You see, her salon was rooms of dresses and shoes and wigs and jewelry and drawers and drawers of lingerie. And that's where we started. The first thing Ripmona did was she held up a pair of padded panties and said, Gabrielle, here's your butt. I said, my butt, I've got a butt. She says, girl, we're gonna create this feminine silhouette on you. I said, give me that butt. Well, after she got me all padded and dressed, she sat me down on her salon chair and started applying the makeup and a wig. Things that I had never done for myself before. Now, all this time that Ramona was doing my makeup and my hair, she was standing between me and the mirror. So I wasn't able to see the transformation that was taking place. When she was done, she looked at me. She says, Gabrielle, are you ready? With my heart beating wildly, I said, I think so. It was at that moment, Ramona stepped away from the mirror and there for the very first time, I saw myself on the outside as the person I knew I was on the inside. I was 49 years old, excuse me, and meeting myself for the very first time. It was then I knew that is me. Well, over the next several months, I knew I needed to explore this fully. And over the next two years of living back and forth between my male persona In my true female identity, I made the decision to embrace my truth fully and to live full time as a trans woman I knew I was. But this meant finding some way to earn an income as a trans woman, and this scared me. Fearing that I would not be received by by my construction colleagues back in their workplace, I fell back on my entrepreneurial experience and started a cleaning company and a home renovation company. And six years ago, my business partner and I co-founded Transformation Journeys Worldwide, our inclusion training and consulting firm with a transgender focus. So while I've been very fortunate vocationally, having been able to start several thriving businesses as a trans woman, I'm also grateful that some of my family have chosen to take this journey with me and what a journey it has been for all of us. The very first family member that I came out to was my youngest daughter. And fortunately for for me, she has been supportive and accepting of my true gender identity. My ex-wife, older daughter and son have had greater challenges with their journeys around my transition, but over time are starting to make peace with it in their own ways. Unfortunately, my parents, and sister have chosen not to have any contact with me since coming out in 2010. Yet I continue to hold space for them. And i talk about the importance of holding space in my book, which we'll get to in just a minute in hopes that their hearts will soften and that they would want to reconnect with me again. So this journey with my family and my vocational journey and even my spiritual community My life actually turned upside down when I made the decision to embrace my truth fully and to live full-time as a trans woman that I now know myself to be. So while my journey hasn't been easy, and I know my loved ones have experienced many challenges with it, I now know that I'm happier and more whole, and that I get to live my life out loud each day, helping create a world that works for everyone. So, Cass, this, this journey of trans, this transformational journey that I've been on for the last 11 years has set me on the course of redefining what my life looks like, both with my family, both with my spiritual community, both in my career, both in, even in my now chosen family, you know, how I show up and what I've learned along the way. I've kind of highlighted in some of the lessons, spirit lessons learned, or spiritual truths that I share in my book, "Embrace Your Truth: The Journey of Authenticity." And some of those lessons learned. uh, First of all, I'll I'll share a brief story with you. I, in the middle of my transition, I actually saw a life coach for about a year, and this seeing this life coach was very uh, helpful for me and important to me because. This life coach taught me how to get out of my head and into my heart space, to live from that heart space. Over the next 12 months, she taught me how to listen to the voice of my heart, pay attention to my emotions and my feelings. Uh, You know, for much of my life, when I was being raised uh, as a child and, and young adult, I was always taught that my feelings, that my emotions will mislead me. But what I learned with this life coach is that these feelings and emotions, they are something that I can pay attention to because they guide me. They invite me to consider what my capacity looks like as a human being, not just as a trans woman, but as a human being. So this opened up an opportunity for me to step more into my authenticity and what I realized As the more I stepped in my own authenticity, you know, I'm this very purpose-driven person. And I've always wanted to find my purpose in life to make that difference in the world. And when the more what I realized and learned in seeing this life coach is the more I live from my heart space, my purpose, I didn't have to find my purpose. I didn't have to look outside of my purpose as I stood up authentically and lived from the inside out. My purpose found me. So it allowed me to show up in these spaces and to learn what was mine to do at the end of the day. So I share that story with you in hopes that those who may be listening in, you know, if you're looking for, if you're looking for the power and trying to understand what authenticity means for you and what the value it has for you, I can tell you As a person that has been on this journey of authenticity, which by the way, never ends, it continues to unfold, that authenticity leads to those where you can show up in your fullness, in your highest self, and make a true difference uh, for those around you and touch the world in a way that I never dreamed possible. So that's a little bit about my story, Cass.
0: It's beautiful, and you tell it so succinctly. And um, if you want to hear more <laughs> about Gabrielle's story, I invite you to watch her TED Talk and read her book, "Embrace Your Truth," um, because it's it's just amazing. And you know, Gabrielle, I have to say that I feel that you make it look easy. You know, I think people are going to listen; they're going to hear your story. Um, they see you in all your inner beauty shining through to your outer beauty as this absolutely stunning human being out working to change the world and thinking, well, that must've just happened like that for the her. And that must've just been so easy. And she must've just had, you know, the great support system. Um, but, you know, when you, and you talk about it, it sounds you describe it as a journey, but it sounds so quick. I know that this is something that, you know, even though you say years, yeah. you spent years figuring this out. And there's, you know, you you have this quote in your book that I love. And it you wrote, when the student is ready, the teacher will come. Yeah. And it seems to me like you had many teachers. You know, you had Ramona who taught you feminine mannerisms and makeup and walking and and the outer, the outer shell. And then when you, you write about your business partner, Linda, who I, we, we all want to hear more about Linda. Um, you know, I feel like she taught you how to have a best girlfriend and to change your conversation from socializing in a male brain to like a female brain and, and the whole dynamic and it's you know I love that you found these teachers when you were ready and so often uh you know on our show or people will say to me you know they they are struggling on square one. Right. You know, who am I? Is this me? What do I do? And then um you know but they're projecting worry and fear and concern and trying to structuralize what does step 10 look like for them and one of the things that you really hit is taking one step at a time can you elaborate on what it looks like like how somebody who is completely overwhelmed with what will my life be like what am i going to lose what is going to happen to me how do they take step one without worrying about step 10.
1: yeah that's a great great uh, point there. And I appreciate you bringing that up because, you know, I've actually had two midwives in my life. Authenticity leads to those where you can show up in your fullness, in your highest self, and make a true difference uh, for those around you and touch the world in a way that I never dreamed possible. So that's a little bit about my story, Cass.
0: It's beautiful and you tell it so succinctly. And um, if you want to hear more (laughs) about Gabrielle's story, I invite you to watch her Ted talk and read her book, Embrace Your Truth, um, because it's it's just amazing. And, you know, Gabrielle, I have to say that I feel that you make it look easy. You know, I think people are going to listen, they're going to hear your story. Um, they see you in all your inner beauty shining through to your outer beauty as this absolutely stunning human being out working to change the world and thinking, well, that must've just happened like that for the her. And that must've just been so easy. And she must've just had, you know, the great support system. Um, but, you know, when you, and you talk about it, it sounds you describe it as a journey, but it sounds so quick. I know that this is something that, you know, even though you say years, you spent years figuring this out and there's, you know, you you have this quote in your book that I love and it, you wrote, when the student is ready, the teacher will come. And it seems to me like you had many teachers, you know, you had Ramona who taught you feminine mannerisms and makeup and walking and, and the outer, the outer shell. And then when you, you write about your business partner, Linda, who we, we all want to hear more about Linda. Um, You know, I feel like she taught you how to have a best girlfriend and to change your conversation from socializing in a male brain to like a female brain and, and the whole Dynamic and it's you know I love that you found these teachers when you were ready and so often uh, you know on our show or people will say to me you know they they are struggling on square one right you know who am I is this me what do I do and then um, you know but they're projecting worry and fear and concern and trying to structuralize what does step 10 look like for them and one of the things that you really hit is taking one step at a time can you elaborate on what it looks like like how somebody who is completely overwhelmed with what will my life be like what am i going to lose what is going to happen to me how do they take step one without worrying about step 10.
1: yeah that's a great Great uh, point there, and I appreciate you bringing that up because, you know, I've actually had two midwives in my life. Ramona was my midwife and Linda was my midwife, and both of them played a role in me showing up today. And I'm very grateful for the influence that they've had in my life. Um, And can I
0: say, wait, I love that you use the term midwife. Yes. It's just like you went through a
1: rebirth. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the person that I am today is not the same person. I mean, yeah, there are components of me that are the same, but there's much about me today that is completely transformed inside out, right? And Ramona and Linda played a role in the whole package, if you will. And I was very grateful to have their influence in my life. And you know, Linda, you're right. Ramona was that midwife that helped me present myself to the world on the outside, but there was a missing piece uh, when when I met Linda, that she helped me connect the dots, and that is, you know, how to navigate in this new space of you know, heart space and this new space of femininity and showing up in that authentic space and feeling like you belong and feeling like you're, you know, truly accepted. And, um, you know, Linda taught me a lot of lessons in that journey of embracing who I was on the inside. And one of the lessons that she shared with me, and let me back up. What you see here today is it wasn't an easy journey. So while I, while I present a very positive um, a positive and upbeat uh, message, which I feel like as trans people, we really need to be mindful of because the world needs to see successful trans and gender nonconforming and non-binary individuals showing up, especially with everything going on in our culture, right? So one reason that I present it the way I do is because I want people to See me for how I see myself and also to understand and accept what we all have to go through as human beings to get to that place where we're living our highest and best self. But some of the things that Linda shared taught me and I share in my book was the importance of loving yourself. You know, I spent much of my life, you know, being okay with who I was, but never falling in love with myself. And falling in love with myself meant looking at myself in a mirror every morning, every night before I would go to bed and saying, Gabrielle, I love you. Gabrielle, I love you. And it was saying these powerful words while I was looking myself in the eye and accepting that and embracing that as my truth that started uh, inviting me to believe that, that it was truly that that way. And, and This is the case, you know, for a lot of trans people who come out and they make the decision to embrace their truth, not knowing what those next steps look like. This is especially important when we're, when we're receiving pushback from those who, who were close to and loved the most, right? They don't understand what's going on in our lives. And so we have to have that place of uh, solace that we can go to and and just settle into it and say this is me. She taught me how to love myself.
0: You know, that, in, I'm sorry, but you know when you're doing these mirror exercises, I think you shared in your book, you're literally getting hateful text messages from people from you know your life before you transition. I think right. even people from
1: church. Yes.
0: And your response to those people t- text messages is like putting the phone down, looking yourself in the mirror and still loving yourself.
1: Right. In the face of all that pushback, in the face of all those, uh, those accusations and that judgment, that condemnation, self uh, that condemnation that they were, I mean, look, they were projecting their own journeys on me. And I get that, that, you know, that's another part of the book that I talk about. But yeah, it was very important for me to be able to separate myself from that and to not allow that to distract distract what I knew that I had to do, knew to do the internal work that I knew I had to do in order to be the most, most healthy individual that I could be. So yeah, it was in the midst of all of that, right? Um,
0: but I other- love that. That is, that is a clear step if somebody is wondering, you know, if, like if I'm, if I am a trans woman inside, how do I come out to my family? Maybe coming out isn't step one, maybe loving yourself.
1: Yes. Step one. Yeah. And uh, you know, in my own journey, Cass, I made the decision to step away from my family for a few years because I knew, and, and by the way, this is not everybody's journey. This was mine. So I'm speaking from my I statements here. But I knew that I was not going to be able to explore what it meant to be authentic to me in the space that I was currently in. So I made the decision to step away. And that was a painful experience. Because when I made that heart-wrenching phone call to my wife, letting her know that I was not going to be home for a while. I mean, imagine what my wife was thinking. She said, what? I mean, this came out of the blue. She had no clue what was going on in my life. And even though I called her and said I wasn't coming home for a while, a while, I still didn't let her know for another two years what was going on really in me. So for the most part, you know, my wife was still trying to be patient and understanding and allow me space to do what I needed to do to find myself. And then when, you know, two I'm years just- later
0: extremely graceful I would have not handled that phone call very well.
1: yeah exactly and so and, and not only did I have a wife but I had children you know fortunately they were all out of the house at this point going to college so they were doing their own things but you know even the kids and my wife were somewhat in the dark and you know and I look back over that I wish I would have done it a little differently I encourage folks that I talked to today, if they're asking for some advice, I say the best advice I can give you is to be honest quicker because we are as sick as our secrets and the more secrets (laughs) that we keep, I think the more space that we create between between ourselves and the those we love. Yes, it's gonna be hard conversations, but take it from someone who took two years before I came out to my kids and my spouse what was really going on. And at the end of the day, what really happened was my kids felt abandoned and betrayed because I didn't feel like that I could be honest with them even with this aspect of my life, right? So I have spent the last eight years plus rebuilding those relationships, rebuilding that hurt, forgiving myself you know, for the mistakes that I made along the way in coming out to my family. So, you know, when folks, you know, ask me for advice, that's that's one of the things that I share with them. And, you know, this is as much as this has been my journey. And and by the way, I've been struggling with this for 40 years, as you've heard in my story. You know, when I come out to my family, it's really uh, unrealistic for me to expect them to turn on a dime and say, yes, we accept you we want you to be who you are because what it does is it creates changes in their own life. I mean, for example, my kids, you know, we've had to redefine Father's Day. So while I'm still their parent, being their father, a father image is a little different, a little cumbersome for me, right? So we've had to redefine things like Father's Day. You know, I, had, I wasn't invited to my oldest daughter's wedding because, she didn't want the wedding to be about me. She wanted it to be about her and I totally understand that. But that crushed me. And I had to do a lot of grieving around that the reality that I was not going to see my oldest child that I wasn't going to be able to, you know, walk her down the aisle and see my oldest child get married. So it's these kind of dynamics that are at play when you you know you may be bringing the intersections of a parent or, or a sibling or a family member or whatever that looks like for you, you may be bringing these intersections to the conversation, to the reality of your family dynamics and having to navigate those. They're not easy. You know, it, it takes a lot of work and a lot of forgiveness. And forgiveness was another one of the things that I talk about in my book. Um, and it has to do with embracing our past, coming to terms with our past. And for me, this is another thing that Linda helped me understand because as a trans person, you know, I wanted to create some distance from my past to who I am now becoming because this was more authentic but what I wasn't coming to terms with was those failures and mistakes and disappointments in that, in the, in my past that I kept dragging along with me into my new iteration. A good friend recently told me, he said, how you leave one situation is how you enter the next. So I strongly encourage those of you who may be listening in who are contemplating you, you know, your next steps, understand how you leave your current situation is how you're gonna enter the next, okay? So enter it with integrity, enter it with honesty. Enter it with vulnerability and transparency, so that you're not having to uh, reform and re-rebuild uh, relationships that mean the most to you. Right. So part of this coming to terms with my past was reframing it as an invitation, as something that was happening to me, as a something as opposed to something, or something that happened was happening for me, as opposed to something that was happening to me. So I saw my, my failures and my disappointments as invitations to who I am now becoming. And Linda helped me understand that, how important it is to live in the moment. You know, she says, how you show up today, like Gabrielle, is what's going to determine your tomorrow. Yes, it's important to set those goals and to aspire to achieve those goals, but you will reach that goal in a greater in a greater way, in a greater capacity, if you embrace today and live in the moment and learn what you have to learn today. Well, and you,
0: you have achieved so much and you're doing so much good in the world and you handle it with such grace. And I, I really commend you for the honesty that you shared all these struggles, even before you transitioned You owned an extremely successful construction company that was hit hard when the housing bubble collapsed. I mean, you have, for anybody who's out there that is so worried about the fear of loss, you need to read Gabrielle's book because she did this and then this before she even thought about transitioning. And I feel like, you know, you you climbed a mountain and then you would have a setback and you would climb and have a set. And it's just, it's raw and incredible. And when you talk about, you know, the time that you called your wife and that you you were like, I can't come back. I have to figure out wh- who I am and go on a journey of self-discovery. I mean, that, that wasn't a first step for you either. You had met with Ramona, you had been dressing with Ramona. You went to the SCC, Southern Comfort Conference for the first time, living authentically for several days in a row before you were like, okay, well, you know, having a few hours at a time with Ramona dressing or having a little photo shoot or a makeup lesson and then going home wasn't enough. And then you go to the conference and you're like, well, going to this conference for five days, you know, that's not enough. So then, you know, then you took the next step Um, and, you know, you have. You are living here and have survived to tell the tale. Um, so, if you know there's anybody that is listening to this story and they're like, "But I fear this, and I don't know what to do with this step here, and how I'm going to handle that," I encourage you to read this book. And the, and by the way, um, you know, embrace your truth isn't just for people who are contemplating transitioning. I mean, you you have turned this into like a little exercise workbook as well I that's okay to apply those terms for yeah. anybody struggling to live their truth wanting to create and manifest positive change in their lives um you know at the end of your chapters you have these little exercises for other people when you know we read your story and as we're reading your story then you ask yourselves well how does this apply to you right. um would you mind sharing a little bit of some of those exercises that people would find
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely, and thank you for bringing that up. You know, when I wrote the book, Cass, I really, it, it was, uh, I wanted to accomplish a couple of things. One is I wanted to share a little bit of my personal story, so from a memoir perspective, right, but I also wanted to be kind of a light self-help, and this life, light self-help component was to invite every reader, whether they're cis, cisgender, transgender, whatever their sexual orientation is whatever their race ethnicity whatever intersection of humanity they bring to the to their ex- lived experience i wanted them to you know understand or uh, contemplate you know what is the nest, next aspect of my authenticity that my heart is calling me forth to 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 birth right and so i just i shared my personal story just to be just to give some framework around the key but I want the reader to really look beyond my story and to see what it is that their heart is calling themselves to do. And so mm-hmm. some of the exercises are to learn the five languages of our hearts. You know, I from Paula Reeves, A Heart Sense is a book that I read early in my transition journey. If you haven't read that book, I'd encourage you to get that book it talks about you know how our hearts speak to us and how we should respond to that and so she talks about the five languages of our heart and the first exercise is you know learning to listen to our heart and and to quiet ourselves and to write those things down that our heart has been calling us to embrace perhaps for quite some time but we just do not know What steps to take in order to embrace what our heart has been telling us. So, I have that exercise. Also, have an exercise in there to prepare yourself for pushback because, you know, when anybody takes on such a, a transformational change in their life, it not only impacts them, but it's going to impact those around them. So, learning how to navigate those those um, moments of pushback in a way that's healthy for you and is and at the same time honoring and respectful and an integrity for those who are close to you and you love um, is 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 something that we have to learn to do in order to navigate this successfully. I'll also talk about the importance of a support system you know we talked a little bit about you know the midwives in my life, and there were many more individuals that played a critical role in my journey, right? And making sure you understand how to reach out to those folks and surround yourself with those that are going to cheer you on, that are going to support you. When you feel like you can't take that next step, it's important to have that support system around you. And Thankfully, Cast for the work that you're doing is providing that support system for the trans community. And I'm great. I'm very grateful for you for the work that you're doing.
0: Oh, thank you.
1: And, and, and can I say one more thing? Yeah. Uh, when we're talking about taking those courageous steps, I invite you to look at my TED talk because the TED talk talks about three things that I learned as far as lessons learned. And that was The importance of, you know, we have to listen to our, we have to uh, acknowledge the fears in our head, but we have to listen to the voice of our heart. That is what sets us up for success in our journey, whatever that journey looks like. The other thing that I talk about was the power of not having a complete roadmap. And I think you just, you referenced this a little earlier, Cass, about not not necessarily knowing that next step before you're taking that first step you know a lot of times what i have found in my own personal journey is that first step is the most difficult because it is the first step and you know many of us risk losing so much in our life as opposed as we're contemplating what that first step looks like for us but what i have learned in my own experience is as i take that first step the next step and the next step and the next step unfold. And they reveal themselves to us. But we cannot get to the other side until we take that first frightening step. So I encourage you to muster up the courage and take that first step knowing that the second and third are going to be there and manifest itself to you when you're ready. And then the other thing is that you know this, this journey of authenticity that we're on is not a destination. It is just that it's a journey. As we realize one aspect of our authenticity, our heart will call us to embrace yet another aspect of our truth. So our lives are continuing to unfold.
0: You can always tell when you're having conversations with people who love to read and enjoy, you know, that, that self-help enrichment section, because, you know, there's, There are so many themes that you share and embrace that are part of just the living life with abundance, with gratitude, with, with daily affirmations that I love. And I really feel like, you know, when you talk about forgiveness, you, it took me a very long time to understand forgiveness. Years of Oprah did not teach me how to understand. Nor did I. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I read in one book, one line that helped me finally understand it. And I loved how you referred to it in your book, which was a completely different way of talking about it. You have an analogy if you wouldn't mind sharing. Um, And I want this to be shared because one of the things that you talk about with forgiveness is, you know, we have a choice of how we tell our story in our head, and of choosing to relive um, actions against us and trauma against us, and um, you know, you can you can make yourself miserable with your action, like with your mindset, or you can choose to change it. And you have this analogy of if you, if you could give it better than I could about stabbing yourself,
1: yeah, and then well, it,
0: it, go ahead.
1: Well. I mean, what I learned was that forgiveness was not for the other person. The forgiveness was for me. Uh, That, that was, that was my aha moment. You know, if we choose to, to not forgive ourselves and others, then it's like this jail cell that we're locked up into, right? It's like putting a a, uh, a screwdriver in an an outlet and expecting not to get shocked or stabbing ourselves you know and expecting the other person to feel the pain you know that's not how that works forgiveness is for ourselves all right and that was a that was a that was something that I was not taught as a young child a young adult and and learned as a result of going through some painful experiences in my life and you know, yet another thing that I learned as a result of uh, the, the influence that Linda had on my life. And I I can't underestimate the power of forgiveness. I mean, forgiveness is such, uh, such a huge part of this journey, forgiveness and, and allowing yourself to grieve.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. For me, forgiveness, I would always hear people, even with your analogy of like, you know, you're hurting yourself. You're jailing yourself. You forgive for yourself. I could never get in my head, but how do you forgive the other? Like, how is the other person's actions then? Okay. And for me, the phrase that made it all understandable was with that person, whatever they may have done was not okay. You are no longer the person with your foot on their neck. Right. Forgiving somebody is just letting the world Deal with them and you releasing yourself of the burden of, of, of their pain and what they have done. Cause you wrote in your book, hurt people, hurt people. Hurt people. I, yeah. I love all, all your Gabrielisms, <laughs> which are felt through here and we're hearing yeah. them so much in this interview. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's, it's, I feel that for anybody who is really struggling, they can gain so much. Um, you know, from your TED Talk. And I feel like your book is really written like a TED Talk because TED Talks are meant to be part of a story and part research and part helping other people progress. And yeah. your, yours is really this beautiful expansion of that. It's, it's Thank just you. so well done. Thank you. So we have heard Linda's name about 33 times. Yeah. <laughs> now, Ramona was a professional who was a teacher. She helped you Learn, you know she she was the first person to put you in you know, she was play. an
1: artist she was an artist
0: linda is your cisgendered female bestie mm-hmm. um who you met through your the church you rediscovered right right
1: right yeah absolutely. so you two
0: have this like spiritual mm-hmm. connection that helped you bond
1: yeah, it's, 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 it's really a unique, uh, journey that, and, and story that uh, how we came together, you know, I was attending this spiritual community here in the Atlanta area because, you know, as I shared in my story, you know, I was raised in the Pentecostal preacher's kid, very conservative faith tradition. And so, you know, my spirituality, not, wait,
0: but not just that, weren't you supposed to be the fifth generation preacher? Yeah, <laughs> like I was supposed poor? to be
1: the fifth generation. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so you know, my spiritual journey has always, my relationship with God and my spiritual journey has always been very important to me. So finding that uh, inclusive and welcoming spiritual community was like a lifeline for me. And I actually referred to that community in chapter two of my book. It was during this time at this church that Linda came on staff at this church. And yes, she was the lone cisgender uh, Heterosexual uh, individual in the spiritual congregation. And we hit it off. And, you know, Linda had very little knowledge about trans, gender nonconforming, and non binary folks. And so as we got together, she learned more about the trans experience through getting to know me. And because, you know, she's an ordained minister. So we, brought, we both brought that component into our relationship. And because we both shared a passion for you know, educating folks and changing the world, we decided to start our consultancy, Transformation Journeys Worldwide. And so today we're showing up in some very amazing spaces, whether it's a spiritual community, whether it's a Fortune 100 to 500 company, whether it's a medical or or mental health care practitioner, or whether it's even a nonprofit or even an educational space. So we're showing up in a a multitude of different ways. And over the last few years, we've developed a pretty robust curriculum of meeting our clients, whatever that client is, where they are.
0: Yeah, Gabrielle, let me Interject for a second, um, so people understand how significant your company growth is. And you said you started the business about six years ago, right? You've been interviewed by Forbes magazine, right? Uh, do you, is, are you comfortable name dropping some of these big, you know, oh, 4, sure 500 companies? <laughs> so, oh,
1: absolutely. UPS, you know, Mercedes Benz, uh, Bank of America, uh, Comcast, Warner Media uh, the Centers for Disease Control, Atlanta Hawks here in, 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 Georgia, and, and the list goes on and on and on, so, yeah, we've been in some pretty remarkable spaces, and the exciting thing is, is that organizations are starting to, uh, they're starting to look and see, you know, how can we have these courageous, uh, conversations in our workplace, in our spiritual community, uh, we've got a large, uh, healthcare provider that we're about to uh, start a big contract with here in the state of Georgia. So, you know, a lot of these folks are, are recognizing the emerging wave of the TGNC and B community. And they're saying, we've got to get on board with this so that we can be either be that employer of choice or be that healthcare of choice, healthcare provider of choice, whatever. But yeah, you know, we're having some pretty exciting conversations these days.
0: What I love is, you know, 12, 13 years ago, you were denying your heart. You were denying living in your truth. And you had built up a, you know, multi-million dollar construction company that had then struggled after the bubble. And then here you are now, like 13 years later, living your truth back on top again, changing the world as you do it. I mean, I feel like once an entrepreneur always an entrepreneur you know when if you have that survivor spirit inside of you you can just make magic happen
1: yeah and i I will tell you one thing that i learned as i shared a little bit with you you know i didn't i didn't six seven years ago i didn't know I would be where I am today. And that's evidence of what I was sharing about just taking that first step. And as Linda and I have taken these steps, we are now showing up in these spaces. But what I've learned is even though I was a successful entrepreneur pre-transition and I I love what I did, I didn't necessarily do what I love. I was successful at it. I love what I did, but now, as I've stepped into my authenticity, and my purpose has found me, I now love what I do instead of in in addition to doing what I love. And that for me is the difference in, you know, going to bed at night, waking up in the middle of night, worried about work. Today, I go to bed at night and work up, wake up in the morning. And it's not like I have to go to work again today. It's like I just show up and continue living my life authentically and helping create a world that works for everyone. And that, you know, to me is is a significant difference where I was 15 years ago versus today.
0: I think you, did you mention in your book about unlocking your limiting beliefs?
1: Uh, yes, yes. We talk about limiting beliefs in the book, yes. Yeah,
0: because that is, I mean, that is, I mean, just the idea of, you know, when you let a limiting belief go, who knows how far you can travel in your journey? You know, how would you have ever seen where you are in this moment today? Which by the way, this isn't even your first interview today. So you (laughs) left one interview to come into this one. You know, for, for me, starting my career as a young photographer, it took one person asking me and inviting me to come photograph a transgender conference you Know more than a decade ago to Et voila uh, here. You know, Linda, yes, this gender- gendered heterosexual woman who just has a lot of LGBTQ friends belongs to the spiritual um arena. Yeah. I mean, she pretty much just says to you one day, I'll cook you dinner if you come tell me your story,
1: right? Exactly, exactly. And,
0: and then she writes the book,
1: right? <laughs> she writes a book, How Scripture. The, the Bible and the Transgender Experience, how scripture supports gender variance. And that work, that book has already circumference the world because we're getting all, she's getting all kinds of emails from folks all over the world. So, you know, she's showing up in her own authenticity. And I will tell you that today, Linda is probably the biggest advocate for the trans community that I know. And I'm so grateful that you know we get to show up the way we do and it's very you know it's very intentional that we put this consultancy mm-hmm. together because while it's important to have the trans voice in the room she brings that cisgender perspective which a lot of our audiences are cisgender audiences so she gives the audience permission to say okay if she started here and look at where she is today then i can get on board with this
0: yeah and, you know, so for anybody who's listening, Linda's coming on the show next week. <laughs> We're going yes. to talk like, to both these ladies again and learn so much more about everything that you are putting out in the world and cannot wait to hear more about Linda's book. But, you know, that's where it starts. It starts yes. with one person saying, I'm going to lead with my heart and I have questions and can you share your story? And then years later, she is like this global phenomenon herself yes leading leading the charge in her arena her love of spirituality and the bible yeah. and and bringing it full. i mean that's just what it when we get out of our own way
1: yes yes
0: what, what a gift we can be to the world
1: absolutely and she's actually started her own life coaching practice supporting individuals somewhere in the transitioning process so i mean yeah it just continues you know her her authenticity continues to unfold as we step courageously forward in those new directions that we're currently heading in
0: so gabrielle what does the future hold for you saying that we have no idea where we could get out go when we (laughs) step out of our limiting beliefs. What is is the vision that you have?
1: Well, I can tell you that where I would like to go, first of all, I'm, I'm very involved in volunteer work. I currently sit on five local and national boards and task force for the LGBTQ community, predominantly trans, gender non-conforming and non-binary uh, communities. Uh, so I feel like that, you know, because of my entrepreneurial expertise and experience, that I can provide some insight to those uh, TGNC-MB business owners or, in, or, or job seekers who are looking to establish their themselves in, in their own vocational iteration, right? So, I'm looking to step more into that space from a mentorship perspective. I feel like at uh, the conversations around gender equity, and when I say gender equity, I mean that in its traditional sense and it's cisgender women equity sense. I think that it's time to start expanding those conversations to include uh, trans, uh, lesbian women, and even uh, gender nonconforming women uh, in those conversations. So I'm really wanting to step more into those advocacy spaces. I'm definitely wanting to step more in the keynote space because I really feel like that there's some, some very important information that can be shared when it comes to what does it mean to live an authentic life. And I feel like until we're all able to look at ourselves in the mirror and know that we're leaving it all on the mat from the perspective of living that most authentic life that we can that we have the chance to change the world to not only live a happier life but to change the world for to work to a place that works for all of us and then of course i am now beginning to date which is a whole new journey that i am embarking on and that That has been another invitation of learning to love myself on a whole new level. (laughs) And that's probably a a, a conversation for another time, but you asked the question.
0: (laughs) Well, yes, I would definitely love to have you come back and just chat about that. Uh, We've had so often on the show and in our membership people saying you know, I I I don't I don't know how to date from here. I don't know how to love from here. So we definitely like to highlight uh, those stories and adventures. And um, yeah, we'll have you back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we're, that, gonna wanna, we're gonna we're gonna want to hear all the funny stories too. All of like course, the good heartwarming ones, but the, you know those scary steps.
1: Oh, and there, and I have some. <laughs>
0: Well, congratulations so much. It has been an honor to get to know you. So excited to have you back with Linda and to learn more about the beautiful work you two are bringing out into
1: the world. Thank you, Cass. And I am so grateful for the work that you're doing and elevating the voices of trans and non-binary and gender non-conforming individuals, because you're helping normalize our experience as just another unique expression of the human experience. So thank you.
0: Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you, everyone. We hope that you enjoy today. We love you and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Never miss a single podcast by signing up for our newsletter at myfeminineheart.com.